0: Our scripture reading for today is from the letter of Jude, and I'm going to be reading starting at verse 17. But you, dear friends, remember what was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you, in the end time, there will be scoffers living according to their own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly not having the Spirit. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish, with great joy to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this passage of scripture. We thank you for Jude's letter. We thank you for the reminder that he has for us and what it means to live the Christian life. We ask that you would guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would lead us into truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Different people have different starting points for how they are going to live their life. For some people, it begins with a moment of reflection, or perhaps it's about theory. It may even be about impulse. For me, I prefer to be told what it is I'm supposed to do. I want to know what the expectations are. That's not to say I want to be told how to do it. But I at least want to know what is expected of me. What am I supposed to do? And That includes my life as a Christian. Tell me, what am I supposed to do? Now, in Jude's letter here, he is pretty interesting. He talks about some really bizarre things, some really strange stories, and we haven't really gotten into detail uh, on them in our two-week series on Jude, and maybe that's something that we can do at a later point, perhaps in a Bible study. But he, in this second part of his letter, gets a little bit more practical. It seems almost like in his letter, he takes, up, takes us up high into heaven, and then he brings us back down to earth, grounding us in what we are supposed to do. And, and when I look at this, I actually see some hints of what his brother James wrote in his letter and if you're not familiar with James letter we had a online Bible study that you can find at our website so I'd encourage you to check that out and so what I see in this passage here is Jude's exhortation to us to live the Christian life and I see three categories being described one is to look up to God another is to look in to ourselves And the third is to look out for others. And those are the three things that we're going to be taking a look at today. So what is Christianity? What is it at its core? Now, as we live in a society that is getting more and more secular, you will find that there are people, for the sake of tolerance, who are trying to see something positive in the church. And what they see about the church is a place where there is community. They see a place where mental health is promoted. They see a place where there is charity and caring for those who are suffering. And so they look at that and see there, the church has some value. In fact, they would say that even if, and their assumption may be this, That even if there was no God, that the church still had value. And that is technically correct. We can still do something good as a church. Even if we were wrong about who we say God is, we could still do good things. But we wouldn't be the church. The starting point for the church to be the church is faith in God. I've read a number of stories about pastors who have lost their faith and have identified as atheists and still have decided to remain in the ministry. They want to pastor churches even though they no longer believe in God. And I just don't understand that. I respect their desire to still want to make a difference in the world around them and and I, I appreciate that. But that's not church. Church is about doing these things in the name of God and out of a faith in God. Jesus, when he was asked about what the most important commandment was, uh, he did say we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, but he prefaced that by saying we are to love the Lord our God. It comes out of that love towards the Lord that all of these other things come about. That's not to say that atheists can't do good things. Of course, atheists can do good things. But that's not what the church is about. The church is about beginning with God and through our faith in God, being a blessing to others. The Westminster Confession says something very important that helps to ground us in what we're supposed to do. In that Confession of Faith, that historic Confession of Faith, uh, the Catechism says this. What is the chief end of humanity? And the answer is, humanity's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's what we are supposed to do. So how do we do that? Well, we do that through worship. But what does worship look like? Well, I think one of the beautiful things about God is, is that he has created us all differently and we all have different ways of connecting with God and so for some people their best way of worshiping God is to be in a church building with a piano and organ and just singing out those classic hymns and that is the way they really connect with God but there's going to be other people who are going to want to take a walk through the woods. They want to be immersed in God's creation and as they uh, hear the animals and as they uh, can feel the, the grass under their feet and can smell that fresh air and feel the warmth of the sun, it's in that that they are truly worshiping God. There's other people who will crack open a theology textbook and they will begin to read about the majesty of God and how different parts fit together, and as they're exercising uh, their mind in that way, they are truly worshipping God. Uh, The danger is when we get so convinced about our own way of doing things that we reject how other people are worshipping God, and that's a a dangerous thing. Uh, Just because uh, you are excited about singing doesn't mean that everyone else is going to be excited about singing Just because you're excited about theology doesn't mean everyone else is going to be excited about theology. We need to have an understanding that God creates us all differently, and there is beauty in that. But whatever our style of worship, there is one thing that's non-negotiable in terms of our connection with God, and that is prayer. And Jude makes it very clear here, we are to pray in the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean? There are some Christians who think that praying in the Holy Spirit means that you are to be uh, ecstatic in your prayer. It's an exuberant prayer, but that's not necessarily what it means. I actually am reminded here of uh, Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 8. He says something about prayer and the Holy Spirit that I want to share with you. This is what he says in Romans eight twenty six. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And what that is, is an acknowledgement that God gives his Spirit to each one who follows him. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit is part of God. We have this inner connection with God that goes beyond just the words that we are speaking And the Spirit can help us in our prayers. We don't know what to pray about. And especially in these most difficult times that we're in right now, how do we know how to pray? But we're not left on our own. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is part of God. That connection makes it all come together. And so that's something that we can be very thankful for. And we have a special connection with God. And it's from that that everything else is going to flow out. So we are looking up to God. But then we go to the next step, is we look into ourselves. Now this part is not quite as explicit as some of the other parts, but it is definitely found here in Jude. That there is an importance for us to connect with God. It is not about uh, the health-wealth gospel of uh, we deserve certain blessings because we are followers of Jesus. Rather, it's about having uh, joy and hope and peace that gets us through. It's what Jesus calls the abundant life. And Jude tells us to keep in the love of God. I love that phrase, to keep in the love of God. Isn't it true that a basic need for all of humanity is to be loved. And of course we find love in human relationships, but humans fail us. God never fails us. And I'm reminded again of Paul, and once more in Romans chapter 8. It's interesting that it's all found in this, this one chapter. And these verses might be familiar to you. This is from Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither death, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is something that can provide peace for us, that we have a love relationship with God and we can rest in His love. And that's something that can help us through the most difficult of circumstances. Jude also tells us to look forward to the mercy of Jesus Christ and this is a promise of hope that we acknowledge that things are not the way they're supposed to be and hope it's basic idea is that what we are seeing right now is not the final story that there is something more that is coming there is something better that is coming and that's going to happen when Jesus returns now we don't know when Jesus will return it may be many many years after we die Jesus will return and things will be made better and in that we can have hope and even if we die before that it doesn't matter we still will share in that hope and we'll share in that experience we can look forward to that and that gives us a hope that is grounded on a solid foundation so we have looked that we can look up to God we look into ourselves and now we look out to others. I've heard many people uh, talk about how Christianity is having a personal relationship between me and God. And yes, there's some truth there. Of course we do have a personal relationship with God, but it's never been supposed to be just between me and God. There's always been other people. We live in community. There are other people around us. Jude tells us that we are to look forward to the mercy of Jesus, but then we are to go on and to show mercy towards others. Now, in the context of this letter, he's talking about mercy for those who are struggling in their faith, but I think that we could make a a reasonable extension that we are to help people in other struggles, but we'll look at the aspect of faith for now. I've done uh, a bit of research on uh, why people have left the church and have, left the faith. And one of the things that I've come across is that people have identified that the church was not a safe place in which they could ask questions. When they had their doubts, uh, they were not allowed to ask those questions. They were not allowed to express those doubts. And uh, I know that that is true because I've experienced that myself, uh, not as a pastor, but before I became a pastor, especially as I was a new Christian, Uh, I asked questions, there were certain things that were said, certain things that were just taken for granted and I asked questions and those questions were not welcomed, Uh, they were shot down. Now, I don't mean shot down by uh, rational arguments, rather they were shot down by uh, uh, comments of we don't talk about that, these are things that are just expected and you just take it and that's it, stop asking questions, keep your mouth shut. Well, I'll tell you, for as long as I am the pastor at Queen Street Baptist Church, I am going to promote a culture in which people are allowed to ask questions. They are allowed to express doubts. There is no question is out of bounds. Well, if you ask the question of, are my jokes really funny or not? Maybe that's borderline out of bounds, but maybe we'll have to let that one go too. The point is, we are allowed to ask these questions. We want to promote a culture in which... People's faith uh, flourishes, and when people are struggling, that it is a safe place for them to struggle, that it is not a place where they are pushed out, that they are uh, told to keep quiet, that they are warned that they're uh, straying into heresy, and and that we're not supposed to talk about those things. That is not what we want for church. We are to help people, we are to show mercy, we're not to watch passively, but to be active in helping people, but what does that act of help look like? Well, it is not about enforcing our opinions. Uh, We all have strong opinions about different things, and a part of being Baptist is that we believe in soul liberty, which means there is room for disagreement on many issues within the church. So it's not about enforcing our beliefs. And to tell you the truth, even if we tried to do that, It doesn't work. You can't just go up to someone and say, listen, this is the way it is. You need to change your mind. You need to get rid of those questions. You need to get rid of those doubts and you need to get in line with the way the program's running. Uh, That just does not work. You can't force someone or intimidate someone to do that. We do it by having compassion. We do it by having love. We do it by listening to what is going on. And we do it by praying for them, and with them. those are the things that we can do. and Jude encourages us to be watching for those who are struggling and to help them. and we do that gently and I would encourage you to look at uh, 1 Peter 3:15 and 3:16 uh, that it talks a lot about what it's supposed to look like in terms of how we respond to people's questions that we're supposed to be doing it in a respectful way. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, being a Christian is about both being and doing. So we are Christians, that's our identity in Christ, but it's also about what we do. There are expectations of of how we live our lives. There is a Christian life. And part of that is to look up to God, that we worship Him, we pray to Him, that we are in communication with Him. Part of it is to look into ourselves, that we are to live a life of peace and joy and hope, that what goes on inside of us matters, that God cares about that, and he wants us to experience life and life more abundantly. And we are to look out for others. We need to look at those in our community who are struggling and to be there compassionately with them. We need all three of these things. If you think of living the Christian life as uh, sitting on a stool, a three-legged stool, well, you'll know that you need all three of those legs. If you take one of those legs from that three-legged stool, you're going to end up on the floor pretty quick. You cannot stay in position without all three. And it is the same thing with the Christian life. Sure, there are people who try it. They try to go with two legs maybe even try with one leg but it doesn't work we need all three we need to look up we need to look in we need to look out and when we do that we can live the healthy Christian life let us pray God we thank you for the reminder that Jude gives us about what a Christian life looks like help us to grow in our relationship with you help us to know you more, to worship you more deeply, to pray and to communicate with you more regularly. God, we also pray that you would help us inside, help us to live lives of joy and peace and hope, whatever our circumstances might be, that we would have a healthy inner life. And God, we pray that you would help us to look out each other for those who are struggling whether they are struggling in their faith or other areas of their life help us to be compassionate and caring not just watching and observing but active entering into their lives walking along with them in their struggles god we thank you for all of these reminders and we pray these things in jesus name